Let's face it, Maine winters can be harsh. They can be a nuisance, they can be unruly, Maine winters can be depressing. But just like with everything else in life, they are what you make it. Some people take advantage of winter and they go ice fishing with the family. Or they go skiing or snowboarding. Some people like to do donuts in the 505 parking lot when no one's watching. Because it's fun. I'm not pointing fingers at anybody, but face it, it would be fun. And some people, snowmobile. Picture this, you're flying down a trail, you're soaking in nature's fresh air, you're seeing wildlife, beautiful scenery, you've got food, you've got water, you've got warm clothes, and your snowmobile breaks down. You pull out your trusty cell phone to call for help, and your battery is dead. Not saying that every snowmobiler is gonna come across the situation, but let's be honest, there are definitely things that you could have done to prevent this from happening. And in this 29th episode of the Maniac Radio Show, we're gonna bring in Master Sergeant Dominic Turmel, who is not only a safety expert, but knows a thing or two about snowmobiling. He's gonna give us some tips and tricks on ways that we can better prepare ourselves when we go out alone or with our families, and how to prepare for the worst. How to counteract those unnecessary, unfortunate events that could happen and set you up for success from the minute you leave your driveway. We've got some other things I want to talk about too, including some upcoming events, some things that our future deployers should be looking at, as well as some other stuff. I'm Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. Thanks for listening. Let's bring in Sergeant Tramiel. So we invited Mass Sergeant Tramiel to come in here to talk today about snowmobile safety, tips and tricks on what we can do as maniacs to prepare for not only the worst, not to sound negative, but also prepare for how to effectively get where we're going, uh, what could possibly happen on a snowmobile ride, and how to protect those we love who may be riding with us. So, Mass Sergeant Jamel, thank you for coming in. Thanks for having me again, Sergeant Sinclair. We're a little late in the game, obviously. We're coming up on March, but there's still a couple more months of good snowmobile riding, depending on the weather. This is Maine, after all. Everything is very unpredictable in this state. A nor'easter could hit us at any time. And we know, we all know, the weathermen, not the dog on them, but um, sometimes they're wrong. So, you know, if they're saying it's gonna be 80 degrees one day, we could get a nor'easter. Have you avidly ridden a snowmobile before? Never avidly, just recreational for the most part. But, uh, and even those recreational uh, jaunts have been few and far between. And there's been some harrowing experiences that I've had, um, even during those uh, small, the smallest of experiences that I've had. So um, we'll talk about that a little bit today and, and how uh, more than what the driver's doing in the front at the helm of the controls and how and the ripple effect that has on the people that are involved with while you're at the helm uh, driving the snow machine. Make sure that uh, it's more than just your own uh wealth and, and your your own health and well-being that you're taking into account there's other people that are going to be affected should something go wrong and that's the thing too i think that uh i think that we always harp quite a bit on on motorcycle safety as we should but uh when you stop and think about it when you're when you're dealing with a snow sled um and you're putting something that's very similar to a motorcycle um same speeds same maneuverability same kind of purpose, putting that on ice or snow. Um, this just is recipe for disaster. And obviously there are safe ways to go about it. So that's what we're here to talk about today. You said that you have, you recreationally use a snowmobile. What are some things that you do before you go out on a ride? First thing is make sure I have enough fuel to get me to and from where I'm gonna be working at or, or doing my play at. Um, make sure my fluids are where they need to be 
all levels. Um, I know you've got air-cooled and liquid-cooled varieties of sleds, depending on your make and model and how old that thing is. Um, some of us are riding on some antiques out on the trail, so we have to give that a little bit more thought and making sure that that thing has all the preventative maintenance kept up on it that it needs to have. Um, uh, people should make sure before they go out there that they have proper amount of clothing and should something go wrong, um, things don't go perfect all the time when you're out on the trails. Uh, something will break if it's close to it and more than likely your luck, it's, it's going to happen while you're on a big trip. So just making sure that you're keeping up on that preventative maintenance just like you would any other vehicle because you're not going to be broke down on the side of the road when you're on a snow machine. It's going to be miles from civilization more than likely and you're going to need to make sure that you're if you have a, a, a cell phone should it have reception um, you don't want it to go dead when you're in the middle of nowhere also and just making sure that you have a backup means of a power supply that's going to recharge that battery on that cell phone there's a, a whole variety of things that you can get into uh, what could go wrong on a trip but um, you know there's just the essentials are basically having some hydration means sustenance food um communication means and making sure that you have preventative maintenance on that sled and making sure that it's tip-top shape before you hit on, on a long trail let's talk a little bit about uh drinking and riding so in the state of maine when you operate a snowmobile is it still considered a motor vehicle if you've been drinking pretty much you're gonna you're still gonna get pulled over and they the main warden surface still has checkpoints to enforce the laws that are being maintained on the roadways while we're driving a vehicle so it's really no different um you're still going to pay the same penalty so you might as well consider it like you're stepping in a vehicle when you go onto a sled when you're under the influence just to kind of kick back on what we were talking about earlier with basically the elements are going to be against you no matter what nothing mechanical or motorized likes the cold it doesn't like being ridden for a long time. That's when things go wrong. If you mix alcohol in with that whole thing, on top of not being prepared and bringing the provisions that you need to be prepared in case of an emergency, bad things can happen. So just remember to keep that stuff in the back of your mind when you head out to make sure you pack a bag full of granola bars and water. And like you said, an alternate means of power source to charge your battery. You can pick up a power bank online for 15 bucks and it will charge your phone five times over and it's waterproof. So just keep those things in mind. Also not a bad idea to have a secondary means of communication like a radio or, you know, we're not talking about using a, a carrier pigeon here, but we're talking about something that's just keep those in mind, a flare or, or any or anything like that. So it's it's too bad, but every year in the state of Maine, people do die on the trails because of something that they could have controlled. And sometimes it's something that they couldn't have controlled. But what are some other things mechanical wise, or what are some things that you can do to your sled walk arounds, I guess, to, to ensure that you're ready for a ride? Normally the easiest thing to do would do a walk around and make sure there's no fluid leaks of any sort. You're checking your levels again to make sure that all your coolant levels are where they need to be, making sure that that sled's not going to have the chance of overheating while you're on a, a long trip. Because that's what you always have to think about. What's the worst case scenario? I'm going to be going on a long trip. So just making sure that everything where it is where it needs to be. Um, keep it simple. Um, and there's other mechanical things that can mess up on your sled too. You hear of throttle sticking on snowmobiles on occasion. So that's something that if you notice a sticking throttle to address that before it gets out of hand because you don't want to wait until you're going 50, 60 miles an hour down a, a trail approaching a, a corner 
and there's oncoming sleds on the way. So you just want to mitigate your, your risk the best you can, uh, in these situations. Um, overall risk management. I mean, we do it on a daily basis, right? You step in your vehicle <clears throat> before you, uh, head to work on an icy day or, or snowy roads. Um, no different. You should be exercising that risk management muscle every day when you're about to step onto a snow machine or go ice fishing. Um, and it's just, just being, uh, coherent and not turning that off and just keeping it on at all times. We're talking about that ripple effect where what your decisions are, um, you might have that mindset that day that I don't give a, I don't give a care about what happens today. Cause it's not going to be that bad. Or, or if something happens to me, oh, I might end up in a wreck and I might be incapacitated or, or even worse. Sometimes we get into that mindset where, oh, I'm not going to worry about that right now, but should the worst case scenario come up, then it's more than just you that will be affected. It's, it's other people, your immediate family will be affected. The mission here at the 101st will be affected because you made that decision not to do the right thing at the right time. And that's where we get caught in that pinch sometimes. And you see, and you see the, the overall spectrum of what, what can really happen when people aren't on their game at all times and making sure they're doing the right thing at the right time. And again, there are obviously some things that unforeseen circumstances that may happen, um, like a moose running out in front of you or, or uh, your engine seizing up or something crazy like that. But doing all those preventative measures, packing a, an appropriate bag that could prepare you for the worst. What about snowmobile helmets? Is there an age restriction on how old you have to be to not wear a helmet if you choose not to? Obviously, it's highly encouraged by you guys in the safety office to wear a helmet, but uh, by the law, is there an age restriction? You have to at least be 18 years of age to wear a helmet in the state of Maine. Um, but I say this, with that wind whipping through your hair and, and your nose nearly falling off due to frostbite, you're going to want to wear that helmet. And even if you have a face scarf or anything like that, well, what's that going to do to protect you? Should something, the, the undetectable happen where sometimes a ski can go underneath a tree root, rip you off that snow machine and you're careening into the woods at a, at a pretty good clip. So that helmet's definitely going to help you should that happen. Sure. You might get injured and everything like that, but at least your, your, your head will, will uh, be all the more protected by that helmet could be attacked by a yeti that comes out of the woods and decides oh, to you never know what's gonna happen you just never know you never know um one last bit i wanted to add was the uh resources that we have available free resources that we have available that can help you better plan your trips on a snowmobile there are multiple apps out there i'm not going to name anyone specifically but there are multiple apps for your phones that you can look up specific trails for when you're heading out if you're going out on a long trip Department of Inland Fisheries and Wildlife website. You can go on there, check out snowmobile safety tips. You can check out ice conditions. You can check out ice fishing laws. You can check out snowmobile laws as well. But that's another really, really good resource. And just keep up to date with with what's going on in your community as far as uh, the snow riding trails. There are Facebook pages you can go on and be a part of that, um, whether it's a community of people who talk about what the trail conditions are like. But is there anything you wanted to add? Being safe is just being smart, really, when it comes down to it. Safe seems like a a lame word or not cool by any stretch sometimes when we talk about it and after a while it starts to get to be white noise and you know don't let it be you just have to think about what it means to you uh if you 
think about the consequences. What's, what's it going to mean if I'm not being smart and being safe that day? It's not just going to affect you. It's going to affect your family. It's going to affect your coworkers. And um, sometimes that's what we need to do is do that little Jedi mind trickery to get us on the right track. Um, sometimes that spidey sense uh, is a little dim sometimes when it needs to go off. But uh, you know what that time is when you need to start thinking right, being safe. And uh, you can't quite define it, but you know it when it rides up on you so um just be uh coherent of that and we want to see you coming in safe and sound absolutely and again don't drink and drive don't drink and ride wear the proper safety equipment and prepare accordingly so um, i want to thank you again for coming in and talking about this oh it's always a pleasure sergeant sinclair let's do it again sometime soon remember everybody keep in mind wwdd what would dominic do and if you uh if you stop and think about that uh that might save your life or someone else's life so thanks again that's a good one i like it All right, thanks again to Sergeant Tamel for taking the time to talk about snowmobile safety. I mentioned earlier that there are some things I want to cover in this episode, so let's get to it. First and foremost, congratulations to Master Sergeant Adam Morrow from Security Forces as he was selected to be the next superintendent and to don the responsibility of the rank of Senior Master Sergeant. So congratulations, Sergeant Morrow. Also, please keep in mind the Hero for Zero program. It's a unique program put on by our safety office that allows you to recognize your coworkers in ways that they have chosen the higher path and remaining safe at all times. Could be a daily occurrence, could be a one-time event where they were able to avoid risk by remaining safe. Whatever the case may be, you can recognize your coworkers by submitting them into the Hero for Zero program. If they're selected, you win a Yeti mug, a nifty Yeti mug. Some people wear Rolexes, some people drive Cadillacs, and then you have the people who drink out of Yeti mugs. They're in a tier all by themselves. A higher echelon of coolness, no pun intended. And to top it off, The mug has been laser etched that shows everybody who sees you with it that you are one safe maniac. Keep that in mind, Hero for Zero. Also, Jennifer Lear, who is a personal financial specialist, is back in town, and she's here to help. She was here a couple years ago. She's outstanding. She really knows what she's talking about. If you have any financial questions for you and your family, make sure you contact her. The Wing is looking for volunteers to help out at the main veterans home. If you or somebody you know is interested in doing that, talk to your supervisor and they'll set you on the right path. For our upcoming deployers, most of you know that Family Services has a Flat Maniac program that allows you as a service member to come in, get a photo taken, and it gets placed onto a cardboard cutout for your kids. It's excellent for those who are deploying. Drew Matlins highly encourages that you come in to see him sooner rather than later, as that whole process can get backed up at times. So please don't wait until the last minute. Go see Drew Matlins if you're interested in the Flat Maniac. Also, he has candy. So Flat Maniac and candy. Keep that in mind, not necessarily in that order either. Just a heads up. And it's time again for another Maniac Fact. Today's Maniac Fact is brought to you by the 101st Air Refueling Wing Equal Opportunity Office. Air Force Equal Opportunity strives to accomplish its mission by promoting an environment free from personal, social, or institutional barriers that could prevent Air Force members from rising to their highest potential. Air Force policies are in place to ensure the organizations conduct their affairs free from unlawful discrimination and sexual harassment. The policies also provide for equal employment opportunity and treatment for all civilians, irrespective of their race, color, religion, national origin, 
age, genetic information, disability, or prior EEO activity. For more information on how you can become an equal opportunity specialist here at The Wing, contact your local recruiter. And here's your maniac fact. Let's go back to the summer of 1996. The 101st Civil Engineering Squadron goes TDY to McAllen, Texas, and works with the U.S. Border Patrol to help renovate several buildings. McAllen is located at the southernmost point in Texas, and at the time, it was the sector headquarters for the agency, whose responsibility was to patrol several hundred miles of our nation's border. The agency was going to expand, and they needed help renovating some offices there at their campus. Our CE unit installed new walls, lights, floor tile, and ceilings, and they also aided in the conversion for an indoor firing range they built new block walls to make way for a weapons armory. They greatly impacted and aided the U.S. Border Patrol in helping expand their offices. So there you have it. 36 of our maniacs went down to McAllen, Texas and worked side by side with the U.S. Border Patrol that not only strengthened partnerships, but was excellent training and an outstanding experience for our airmen. All right, and just like those fidget spinners that the sapper office hands out for free, I'd love to sit here and entertain forever, but ultimately, I'd just be going round and round and round. This has been the 29th episode of the Maniac Radio Show. I'm your host, Tech Sergeant Andy Sinclair with the 101st Public Affairs Office here in Bangor. Drill Weekend is here, and with it, an excellent opportunity for training. Make the most of it. It's no secret that not everybody likes coming in on weekends, but like I said at the beginning of this episode, it is what you make it. And not just for yourself, your attitude affects not only you, but those around you as well. So make the most of it. It's your time to shine. I know that sounds like something Bob Ross would say while he's painting on a canvas, but keep that in mind throughout the weekend. If you haven't already, check out our Facebook and Instagram pages by searching 101STARW. You'll find daily updates, media, videos, and articles being posted, not just about the wing or the main Air National Guard, but the Air Force and the DOD as well. So check those out. Also, while you're at it, check out the official Vice Wing Commander's official Facebook and Instagram pages by searching CV.101ARW. He is the Vice Wing Commander, and his pages offer a different perspective with what goes on out here at the wing. But that's it. Don't forget about the Safe Maniac program, as well as the Hero for Zero. As always, look out for your wingmen, your battle buddies, whatever they're calling it these days. It never hurts to keep an extra set of ears and eyes open when looking out for those around you. Take the time to stop and listen to what they have to say. Sometimes they might just need to vent, or sometimes they need a favor. But don't blow them off. Show them you care, and help them out where you can. Especially if it's somebody from services. Don't make them angry. They're the ones who make your food. Have an awesome drill weekend, give hugs not drugs, and we'll see you around.